Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We definitely want to be in the perfect will of God. Amen. You guys go ahead and stand with me. Open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2 is where we're going to start. We're going to continue our series about Daniel this morning, Good with Different. You know, I was thinking about this. I didn't mention it in first service, but I was thinking about this. If we didn't have some people who were comfortable with being good with different, I don't know if there'd be an America today. It was people that pulled away, that believed that they could govern themselves, that believed that they needed the freedom of religion, that one person couldn't tell them how to serve God, what God looked like, but they could interpret the word themselves and preach the glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I was thinking about that, and so it's okay. It pays to be different. It pays to be different. Just look at your neighbor and say, I always knew there was something different about you. I always knew it. I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to be rude, but I knew it. I knew it. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul is writing here, and he's writing to his friends at Ephesus. And just to catch us up, because we're only going to read verse 22, he's telling some things that they need to know. He says, listen, first of all, we're no longer strangers. We're no longer aliens. We're fellow citizens, and we're in the kingdom of God. And being a part of the kingdom of God, that means that it's built upon the teaching of the apostles and prophets, which is very important. But the, but the chief cornerstone, the one that it's seated on, is Jesus Christ. That's who we preach. And then he's talking to him and he says, listen, and we grow together. The church is built not only as individuals, but we grow together. Then verse 22, chapter 2, Ephesians. In him you are also being built together for God by the together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Oh, thank God he hadn't given up on us yet, right? Father, we love you. Be with us. Let your word be illuminated in our hearts. Father, speak to us, we pray. And everyone says... Amen. In the name of Jesus, you may be seated. Look at your neighbor. Say, hey, you're not at the lake. You're here with me. However you're tuning in, thank you so much. If you're at the lake, if you're at your desk, if you're in your, in your room, and uh, hopefully you're not in your room because you're in trouble, but hopefully you're in the living room because you're celebrating together. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Now, I'm going to start here because Paul says that in another spot, I understand that we're all vessels. Paul says that in another spot, listen, we're all earthen clay vessels, okay? God uses us, and he realizes that we are not always the most smart vessel. <laughs> some emotional trouble and physical use. Sometimes we have some emotional trouble and physical trouble and things. Vessel. Paul, yes, he uses us as a vessel. Paul is writing to Timothy, his young protege in the faith, and he says in chapter 2 of Timothy, 2 Timothy, Verses 20 and 21, he says, Now, Timothy, a man use, and some of them are for dishonorable use. Some are for honorable use, and some of them are for dishonorable use. Some of them are gold, and some of them are wood. But nonetheless, they're for the master's use. And what he's trying to say is the same vessel that God can use. That we want to be that vessel that God can use. That God can pour himself into, that God can dwell in, and then we're very effective in our culture. As I look at Daniel, I see the very, not a whole lot different than our, his culture. But his culture is not a whole lot different than our culture. And we must have Christ living inside of us, have the Holy Spirit's help to be led and guided so we can be extremely effective. And we have to be comfortable with being different. We're going to say things that people aren't going to like. Doesn't mean we have to be rude. Has anybody ever tried to tell, don't like, don't agree with? Has anybody ever tried to tell you how to raise your kids? Yeah, yeah, lots of opinions on that, I'm sure. 
and you try to do everything you can to keep your mouth shut, but nonetheless, you go forward and you realize that God is trying to use you. And as you read his writings, he want, David writes this, that he, he, as you read his writings, he wanted to reach his generation, that he may reach his generation. And every one of us are placed in a specific era of time and a generation because God wants to use us to reach the people around us. And it should eat us up. That God, what are you doing in me? What are you doing through me? Because I want you to ultimately... We're vessels, but we're not the... And Paul's saying, listen, we're vessels. We're vessels, but we're not the lone ranger vessel. We're not on an island. We're vessels put together as the church that God is pouring into so that we can do things in our culture and we can move forward. And as we study about Daniel here, we're going to realize the need for relationship. But before we get there, we're going to also talk about the Holy Spirit and how we need the Spirit of God. Qualification here. And we ultimately says, listen, you are vessels, but there's a qualification here. And we ultimately know it's salvation. You have to have Christ in your, in your life. It's no longer I live, but Christ who lives in me. So Christ lives in me. And with that comes these two words that, that maybe some may not know. It's sanctification in the church, and let me break that. Words we don't always use in the church, and let me break that down for you. They're big churchy words, but all that means is that I that is holy because, okay, that means I am looked at as holy because Christ is in my life, nothing that I've done. Not trying to be God, to trying to be like God. Not trying to be God, okay, we don't want any to become like God. Texas. But I try to become like God. Scripture says, be holy as God is holy. Okay? So we want to do that. And we see with Daniel, it's very important. He's very intentional. Separation. Now, this is very important. He's very intentional in being separate from the world. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. He, he, he decided in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's food and with the king's drink. So he makes a decision that I'm going to be separate, but here is the most important caveat. It's intentional separation with humility. He goes to the chief of eunuchs, as we studied a little bit last week, and says, hey, I want to be separate. I don't want to defile myself, and I want to let you know because I need some help here. I want you to know what I'm doing. And he very, does it in a very humble manner. Now, that wasn't just a one-time wonder for Daniel. Daniel chapter 2, verse 14. In verse 14, it's of our time in Daniel chapter 2. In verse 14, it says that he used prudence whenever he made a decision. That he used humility. Daniel chapter 2, verse 14. Now, let me catch you up to that point. Daniel chapter 2, from chapter 1 to chapter 2, there's probably been about three, three and a half. Has a dream. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. He's the king. And he has king of the Chaldeans. And he has a vision, a dream in his sleep that he doesn't know the interpretation for. So he goes before what were called magicians and enchanters at the time, okay? But, but the demonic world, not like Daniel, okay? But, but they believed in the supernatural nonetheless. And he went to him and he said, I want you to do something. He said, I want you to tell me my dream and then tell me what it means. And the air was just sucked out of the room from these guys. They're like, you have asked something that's extremely hard to do. So they said, oh, king, live forever. Now, you know it's getting serious when they say, oh, king, live forever, you know? I mean, I've got some questions here. They said, if you'll tell us your dream, then we'll... King Nebi looks at his boys and says, you got to love King Nebi, okay? King Nebi looks at his boys and says, wait a, wait a second. If you guys are who, who you truly say and interpret it, you don't need my help. You can tell King, you've asked something difficult that no man... King, you've asked something... They were right. They did... No man on earth can do. And he, they, they were right. They did get something right in there. No man could do that. Daniel knew that too. 
So King Nebuchadnezzar gets mad and furious, gets angry and furious is actually the words. That he says, listen, if you can... In the Bible. And he says, listen, if you cannot give me the interpretation to the enchanters and to the magicians, then I'm going to tear you limb from limb. You're going to die. That's brutal. My goodness, man. What a way to go. He's very, very serious. So now you have a king that's not only mad and upset, but he has the power to get done what he said he's going to get done. And they said, man, this is inc- what you've asked is incredibly hard. Nobody can do this. No man can do this. But nonetheless, he said, I want you to do it. So they went out, and none of them could do it. So he sent his chief guard out, and he said, I want you to capture all these guys. Who I want you to get them, because we said that they can do this kind of stuff. I want you to get them, because we're going to kill them. So they go and do what they're, do, what they're told to do. They go start rounding everybody up, and they run across Daniel. And you can imagine Daniel thinking, whoa, wait a second, what is going on here? And they begin to tell him what's going on. And Daniel says this, he says, and this is where it's very important because he does it with humility and prudence. And we see once again that he's separating himself, but he's doing it in humility. He didn't go in there and be like, like Elvis, like, oh, uh-huh, I got the answer right. Uh-huh. He didn't do any of that like this, right? Okay? I've been practicing on that. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm kidding. <laughs> Mary loves it when I do that. No, she, she, she hates it, dude. I'm going to pay for that later, okay? But anyways, anyway, the only Mary joke of the day right there. We got it done. We got, we got that out of the way. Now we can... Mentality, right? He goes in there with the... No, he doesn't go in there with that kind of mentality, right? He goes in there with a different mentality. Set a time that I can meet with the king, and God will go back and set a time that I can end the dream. Woo. God will give me the interpretation in the dream. Woo! That's a huge ask, and he knows they don't know. But he knows a God that they don't know. I digress too far, but we start no. Now, I don't want to digress too far, but we, we know a man that listen, something should rise up within us because we, we know a man that walked on the earth that was for us, that we, that, that gave his heart and his life for us, that we could be forgiven us, that we know a God that the world kind of stirs us up because we understand that we know a God that the world doesn't know. And he says, go back, and the king, and Daniel knows that. And he says, go back, and they set him a time, and he of the guard said, okay. And he set him a time, and he went, he went to go to his house, and that's where the Daniel's beginning to a little bit later, because we see that Daniel's intentional. But it's very intentional, that as we do things that are, in, but what we've got to realize is that as we do th- vessels, that we are earthen vessels. Things in our life now, we're not going to baptize anybody, it'd be a little... And there's things in our life now, we're not going to baptize anybody. It'd be a little, you know, a, a bug or something. So, I almost said a little person, but I didn't want to be politically incorrect. So, but, um, but we're, we're all earthen clay vessels that we have. And we have holes in our life. Now, or let me put it this way, we're subject to holes in our life. And the reason why we're subject to holes in our life, because as the commercial says, one of my favorite lines, life comes at you fast. Sometimes you didn't ask for the tragedy in your life, but nonetheless, it scarred you, it's hurt you. Sometimes you go through things that just leaves holes. Sometimes we deal with unforgiveness that we don't want to give up. We have questions in our life. And the Holy Spirit is trying to fill our lives, it's trying to surround our lives. And what we find is that there are holes. And we can never truly reach our full capacity because of everything that constantly runs out. 
God wants to fill us and use us, but because we won't let go of regret. Because we won't let go of unforgiveness. Because there's this one sin that really brings us pleasure, and we don't want to be truly honest about it, and we hang on that God can never really fill us to our capacity. And this is the the thing that we want to understand, that the only way that my capacity grows is if I'm filled to the capacity that God's given me. And if I continue to allow holes into my life, I will never truly be filled because now all my focus goes on those holes and not what God is trying to accomplish in my life. Now the Holy Spirit is used not for what God wants me to accomplish, but for holes that I won't allow Him to fill. And I won't rely on each other to help get real and feel. And we all have them. We all have it that, that makes it those whole difficult. That, that makes it things that we're really ashamed of, Gus. You, you shouldn't think and we shouldn't talk and we shouldn't act that way, but we do. We shouldn't talk and we shouldn't act that one time that you were hurt handled and inappropriate things happen but it's hard to mishandled and inappropriate things happen but it's that time that you knew it's that time that you knew that you should have things begin to snowball now looked extra long and before you know it things begin to snowball and spirit because he's faithful and god is poor he won't leave us or forsake us will he faithful and he's a good god because we have holes take us will he be able to reach our full capacity We'll never be able to reach our full capacity. And the reality is, for me to stretch my capacity, I have to reach my capacity. For God to be able to stretch us into what he wants us and to mold us and to make us, I've got to be willing to allow my full capacity to be filled. And I've got to allow the Holy Spirit to work on my behalf and in my life. Now, if you've ever saved money, you understand what I'm saying. If you've ever made up your mind, man, I'm going to save some money... What's the first thing that you have to do if you want to put back money? you got to start plugging some holes in your finances. You might have to start selling some stuff. Maybe you don't need to eat out five times a week. You know, maybe you don't need a pair of shoes every time they go on sale. Sometimes I come home and Mary's like, what'd you buy? I said, I don't know, but it was on sale, so I got this sucker. (laughs) What does it do? Don't know, but it was 30% off, so I'm sure I can use it. We all have garages full of stuff like that, don't we? I'm going to use this sucker. No, you're not, dude. <laughs> you're never going to use it. Just get rid of it. But you buy it anyways. But you got to start plugging holes, and you got to be able to see that account, because what happens if you don't plug holes, you, you think just magically that that account's going to grow, and it does it, does it? We think sometimes magically that sanctification and holiness is, is going to happen, and it just, it just won't happen. Frank Howard is the, was the, the coach of Clemson University football. Now, if you know anything about college football, it's an elite program and really always has been. He is coaching, and he is coaching with his second-string quarterback because his first-string quarterback is out with a knee injury. And he has a second, his fourth, and his fifth, and that's all he has. He goes out and starts practice that day, and about 15 or 20 minutes into practice or so, the second-string quarterback hurts his knee and he's out. So he goes to his fourth-string quarterback. Practice and continue to do their fourth-string quarterback in, and they continue to practice and continue to do their thing. About 10 minutes left in practice, guess what happens? Fourth-string quarterback is hurt. Now we're down to fifth-string. And you do not want to be playing Division I football <laughs> with a fifth-string quarterback. There on the practice field, he calls a timeout and calls a huddle there on the practice field, and he looks at his quarterback and he says, son, do you believe in magic? He's got his five fingers. Son, do you believe in magic? 
And that fifth-string quarterback, you can imagine how nervous he is because here's his big shot. Poof, you're the starting quarterback. Sir, I guess. He goes, well, poof, you're the starting quarterback. And boom, he goes. In our life with sanctification, that's how we expect it to happen sometimes. Oh, I'm saved, so now everything changes. I don't think like I used to. I don't have the tendency to do the same thing. God's forgiven me of this sin, so I no longer have to fight it, and it's simply not true, is it? It's simply not true. It doesn't just disappear. It's us engagingly, intentionally separating ourselves, And the best way to do that is simply the more we learn about him, the more we concentrate and focus on Christ. The more we learn about him, the more we find that we separate from the more. The more that we love him, spend time with him, pray, fast, read all the stuff that we know to do. We'll find that separation with intentionality. And we'll find us to be in a place where God can use us. Just like that quarterback, it doesn't magically happen, so we have to have the Spirit of God in us. Now, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the other ends of the earth. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Woo! You want to light some fires in this culture today? Just remind some young people that their body is not their own and they can't do whatever they want to with it because that's not what Scripture says. Uh, it's true. We, 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 we live, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to camp out on that, okay? We could, but we're not going to do that. And as we are a vessel and the Holy Spirit is inside of us, it's also important to understand that the Holy Spirit is around us. So however you feel or view that, just know that the Holy Spirit wants to be all around you and the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And you have to be willing to accept that. And that's what it's going to take to be in our culture. If we're going to be good with different and have the same effect that Daniel did, we have to realize that I have to be led by the Holy Spirit. I'll be in situations that I'll be unaware of. I'll be in circumstances and guides us and directs us. And it leads us and guides us and directs us. And it is fun when the Holy Spirit's all around you. You're in your quiet time and you're making decorations and you're in there and you're soaking it in and you're making decorations over your family. You're making decorations over your life. You're repenting and then you step out into the world. And if we're, if we're not serious about keeping those holes plugged, we step back out into the world and we're trying to be used by God and we can't be used by God because we got a leak. Because we have a leak. We can't be up to our full capacity because we have a leak. And we were never meant to leak, were we? We were never meant to leak out. We were meant to be used by God, filled up with the Holy Spirit in that time and age. And here Daniel, he is in a terrific situation. He is before the king and the king, he's about to interpret his vision and about to give it to him and he's waiting for his moment that the Holy Spirit, that God works on his behalf. And the amazing thing is God wants to do that with us too. And we have to be open to the Holy Spirit and saying, God, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with that loving kindness. Fill me with that grace. Fill me with that mercy that I need. Because we all have holes. Well, none of us are perfect. We all are subject to holes. And about the sometimes it seems like about the time that you get one cleaned up, it seems like another one happens, doesn't it? And we're asking God to fill us and to change us and to do things we need to look at. In our eye to some things that we know we need to look at. It just seems like a steady drain on our life. And we wonder why we're half full. We wonder why we're quarter full. We wonder why we don't have our full capacity. It's because we have to dress some holes in our life.
We have to allow the Holy Spirit to do that. But I want you to know that you're not alone. As we look in Scripture here, we see that Daniel relied on his friends. He relied on his friends to pull him through some really tough times. He relied on his friends at a time that he could have turned his back because after all, remember what was written about him in chapter one? There's no man like Daniel. But yet we still see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we still see that he asked for their help. Let's pick it up there, Daniel chapter two, verse 17 and 18. So he's about to interpret, he, he's, he's, he's found out that if nobody interprets this dream, if nobody tells the king what dream's gonna have, then we're, they're dead. So he goes in there and he talks to his friends, verse 17. Then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. That's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their Hebrew names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. And he told them to seek mercy from God, of, from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. And we see that Daniel, although he could have everything in his life that points towards, you're the man, you can do it alone. He says, no, I know that I need help. I know that I need more help. I know that I need the Spirit of God in my life. But at the same time, he goes to his friends. And what's one of the things that he does with his friends? One of the things that he does is he intentionally withdraws. Verse 17 of chapter 2, he went to his house. They got alone. He, he, he heard some devastating news that he didn't like. He heard some things that he wasn't happy with instead of doing what we do in our culture, which is every time we're offended, we get on our social media platform and just bust it out and let it go. We find a newspaper or a news media that can pick it up and run with it. He didn't do that. He intentionally withdrew. He knew that he had to get in a place where God could speak to him and God could use him. And he went to his friends and he said, let's do it together. And we want you guys to know that you're not in it alone. It's okay to have close friends. Now you want to be careful who you withdraw with because their habits can become your habits. So you want to guard yourself from that. But Daniel went to his house and went to the three men's house and he says, let's withdraw. Why would he do that? Well, the reason why we withdraw is because of just the difficulty of life. Daniel chapter 2, verse 11, magicians and the enchanters said, this is difficult. This is a difficult task that you've called, that we interpret this dream and we tell you. Everything that God leads us to is not easy. For some reason in our excuse me, current culture, we think that if we have to fight upstream, then God didn't call me to do it. And that's not true. God will lead us into situations that are difficult, that we'll have to lean in on Him and rely on Him and rely on the church because that's what we're together for. And if we're going to be good with different, then we understand that we as a group build the kingdom of God. It's not one person who just builds the kingdom of God, but it's us together. And Daniel here said, listen, this is difficult I'm going to go get some help. I'm going to go get some friends. And why else does he do it? Reactions. Daniel chapter 2, verse 12. The king was angry and furious. Ooh, can you imagine that? Angry and furious. So here's a man with power that's very angry and furious. And he doesn't have the best track record of being a Christian. And it makes me think, how many times in life will I make a decision, or for you that's raised your kids, that's raised grandkids, that's had to take different jobs and you're trying to follow, follow God and there's been all kinds of different reactions to the way that you've handled your business. 
How many people have come up and suggested ways that you raise your children? Oh, I don't know if I would do that. I mean, I know you think you're hearing from God, but it seems like you're walking away from some very important stuff there. And all of a sudden they want to suggest. And whenever we withdraw, it's because of the difficulty. But whenever we withdraw, it's because of the reactions. Reactions are heavy things. I learned this. When I was a football ref in in, in Texas, I lasted for a year and I had all that I wanted. Yeah. Every time I flew the flag, every time I threw the flag, I got a reaction. <laughs> oh, Lord, I got a reaction. Not PG reactions either, okay? As far from that. But what I learned is when I threw the flag, you're going to get a reaction. And whenever we make decisions that's counterculture, whenever we make decisions that's based off the Word of God and what the Holy Spirit has spoken to us, we need to be ready for reactions because people will give us what they think they should have what they think should happen will you care about this more than this well i think you're a bigot or i think you're a homophobe or i think you're this or i think you're that and they'll give you reactions and we're trying everything that we can to follow the word of god so withdraw with some friends it doesn't always have to be super spiritual it can be over lunch you withdraw for an hour and you talk about life Talk about some decisions that God is leading you to. Maybe it's around a campfire where you're roasting s'mores and you're with another family. One of the things that I found that was very good in my life is just sitting around with a bunch of other dads and me being able to look at them saying, man, this thing is hard. This dad deal is hard. And them looking at me and saying, you're right, brother. It's hard for us too. Because people want to tell us how to run households and when you're trying to do the very best that you can, have you ever done something and then somebody interpreted it wrong and it went south really quick and you really had good intentions but that wasn't the interpretation? And that reaction set you back. And we have to withdraw and pull back. Why? Because difficulty is very real. It's difficult to go counterculture. It's difficult to say, God, and this is the thing, we're not even intentionally going counterculture. The reality is just by following the word of God, we're going to be counterculture. Because we're going to have to go places that are hard to go and do things that are hard to do. And that's because culture wants to do the opposite. Let's just go with the flow. We don't want to offend anybody. Let's make everything happen as long as everybody's happy and everybody's appeased and blah, blah, blah. And that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says we're going to do it Christ's way and that's the only way if you're a Christian. And that's very difficult, isn't it? So we withdraw. He withdrew with his friends and he went to the house. And I would encourage you, find some friends that you can trust. Sneak away for a little bit. Ask them questions and and dig deep, but you have to withdraw. Because we all have these holes in our life and if if we don't withdraw and we don't really face what's going on and things that we're encountering, then we'll stay at a capacity that we were never meant to be. And when God wants us to be full, we'll be leaking. And we were never designed to leak. The second thing that I see with Daniel is that Daniel had intentional communication. So he withdrew with friends and then he had intentional communication. See, it's one thing to say, oh, let's go catch dinner, let's go hang out. And then when you go there, you talk about everything in the world but what you need encouragement on. Can I get an amen? Because it's hard to confront this stuff. It's hard. But Daniel had to confront this. He said, listen, there's some intentional communication. Daniel chapter 2, verse 17. He made the, manner known, he made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, his companions. They didn't obviously know what was going on, and he sat down with them and explained the situation to them. I've had my dad explain some things to me on occasion. 
<laughs> when I was a little bit confused, like who was the boss of the house and I'm going to do it my way. You know, we had some conversations that really helped me out. Really encouraged me that, no, we're going to do it his way. <laughs> and it was very effective. And we all have to have those conversations with our kids from time to time. But here he's having a real communication. He has an intentional communication. He goes, listen, I want to make known what happened to you. This is where we're at. So I need you to go pray. I need you to do this, and I'm going to go do this. As we meet, that's what we want to do is have that intentional communication. Why? Because it brings clarity. Daniel chapter 2, verse 18, concerning this mystery. In that scripture, we see that Daniel shows us that to him, this is a mystery. He knows he doesn't know everything that he needs to know. And the walk of life is just that way. I don't know everything I need to know about the walk of life, yet I'm in the world, not of the world, and God's called me to be a light, so I'm going to do the best I can. And sometimes it just feels like a mystery, doesn't it? But whenever we communicate, we bring clarity to those situations. Daniel chapter 2, verse 5. Make known the dream and its interpretation. What a heavy thing. Here's this mystery that's about a dream, and then we're going to interpret it. And whenever we intentionally sit down and communicate with one another, we can bring and expose some of that mystery to each other. See, sometimes we just need a little bit different point of view. We just need a little bit of clarity to the situation. I'm only looking at it from one direction. So when I sit down with somebody else that I can trust, they'll say, hey, have you thought of it this way? I know you feel this way about this person, but have you taken their feelings into consideration? I know you seem like you're being left out. I know that you seem like you're alone, but have you ever thought that maybe God has you here because of this, this, and this? And all of a sudden, a big mystery brings clarity to it. Also, liberation, Daniel chapter 2, verse 5. You shall be torn limb to limb, and your houses shall be laid in ruins. Man, that's some heavy information to get. You're out eating an apple, walking the streets. Next thing you know, you're going to be torn limb from limb, and your houses are going to be burned. But it's liberating whenever you get together. Daniel chapter 2, verse 10, the enchanter said that there is no man on earth. Can you imagine the heavy responsibility that Daniel's walking around with? Many of you guys can because you walk around with that responsibility. God is leading you into something. He's leading your family. He's leading your business. He's leading you to a place, and you feel that burden on your life. You know that your enemy rolls around like a, seeking lion, or a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You can see the remnants of that all over the community. You can see the, 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 the remnants of what happens whenever you push God out of schools and out of businesses and out of communities, and we're all very aware of that. And that sets on us, and it sets heavy on us. But whenever we come together, not just in church, but whenever we decide that we can do this thing together, his companions, he lived life with them, he, he, he did life, there's some liberation in that. James says this, that if you confess your sin to one another, God will heal you. If you confess your sin with one another, and then you also pray for one another, God can heal you. That's liberation. But this is the caveat. This is the thing that all of us fight with. There's some holes in my life I don't, know, I don't mind people knowing, but there's some of those that I need to keep in the dark. And what it is is handcuffing me to whatever God's trying to get out of my life. And now all of a sudden, all my focus, all my energy goes onto that one thing that I'm trying to hide instead of coming out in the light and saying, hey, I'm really having some struggles with this. I'm really having some struggles with some anxiety, with some depression. I'm really having a struggle turning my eyes from some things that I know I need to turn my eyes from. You know what? I'm really having some anger issues and, and I don't know what to do. Would you pray for me? Because some of those are so heavy. 
But we can't ever be full up to capacity and the Spirit of God be poured in our lives. And you know what? God's Spirit is never of lack. There's plenty of that. But with those things in our life, we find ourselves being constantly drained and we spring leaks. And whenever we go in there and we bring clarity to a situation, we bring liberty to a situation, it's because we intentionally communicate. Listen, I appreciate the pizza, I appreciate the hamburger, appreciate the s'more, or whatever we're doing, the cup of coffee, but let's get down to business now. This is why I'm here. This is some things in my life that is just really hard to handle. And then that other person will open up to you, and that's what Daniel said. He had some real communication. Hey, some people want to kill us, and we better be praying. (laughs) In our culture today, Culture cannot wait for those type of things to happen where they can slam doors in Christians' face and prove us wrong and do all the things that we know that happens as moral failures and just failures in general in the church. And we bring those holes before God. We bring those holes and say, listen, help me with that. We have a swimming pool in my backyard. And one of the things that I love to do with Callie is put the goggles on. I put the goggles on and I go up underneath water and I can see everything because my, my pool is finally crystal clear. It's not green and, and algae. <laughs> yeah, it's great, you know? But I put those goggles on and I swim up underneath the pool and I can see everything, even the spiders in the pool. And I hate spiders. If I run across a spider, you might thought I just won a beauty competition. <laughs> Bad. I don't like them. But those dudes are very clear. When I was young, I could swim up underneath water and open up my eyes and see a lot of stuff, but the older I get, the more I realize my eyes don't always cooperate with me. Anybody else? And I put those goggles on and I can see and what it is is I'm looking through, if you'll go with me, I'm looking through a prescription. I'm looking through a protection. You know, Christ says and God says in the Bible that his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. Matter of fact, his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So whenever we sit down and we do what the word of God says and we confess and we share, all of a sudden something that we can only see from one dimension on dimension all of a sudden the spirit of god begins to flow over that now we got a creator with a bird's eye view that can begin to position things but we have to be willing to step back and say what view am i looking from what view god or am i looking from and the final thing here as we end is we see an intentional seeking it's not only enough to figure out what to look for so i withdraw i communicate but there's also this intentional seeking that must happen and this is where so many times people people drop the ball because we get together we hang out and we confess but we don't want that magic word of accountability but here daniel looks at his buddies at shadrach meshach and abednego he goes listen i want you to go back and i want you to seek god for mercy why would he seek god for mercy because we all have blind spots We are all imperfect and we all need God to move in our life. We're all worthy of getting things that we know we deserve, but by the mercy of God, we don't get what we deserve. And he says very specifically, I want you to go seek God and seek mercy. Because we have blind spots in our life that causes these holes maybe just to hang around or maybe causes more holes. And now we've got way different situation in our life. And God is saying, listen, I need you to get alone. I need you to go find a friend. I need you to do some intentional seeking. What are some things that causes blind spots in our life? Pain is a big one that can cause blind spots in our life. We've been, in, we've been through something, and we don't want to go there again. So we just figure God's not telling us to do that whenever God is telling us to do that, and he's going to help us. 
Maybe it's positions in life. We have a position now that we didn't have before and we have resources that we didn't have before. And now all of a sudden, we, we, we mis, misuse faith. Now where God is trying to push us out on faith, we're saying, oh, we don't need faith. We have all the resources. But we sit down and we talk it over with friends. And all of a sudden, they begin to do some different things in our life and say, listen, this is not how it absolutely happens. You still have to have faith. Yeah, you have resources, but don't discount God. Or maybe it's that point where you say, I don't have the resources, God, so there's no way you're calling me to do this. No, it's absolutely the opposite. Many times God will put us in a position where he can shine through because he's bringing us to that point where only he can help us. But what God is calling us to do with holes in our life with those things that cause blind spots, he can't ever keep us where we need to be. He cannot fill us to our capacity so that he can use us. So we find some things that we're very important. We see that whenever we intentionally withdraw and we go to a place where we can begin to talk to friends, we see some wonderful things happen. Because we begin to open up and we see some unity because we're meant to do this together. We're not meant to do this alone. We don't have to have all the answers. And if you feel like you have, all, have to have all the answers, I'm so sorry. I can't imagine how difficult it would be raising a child on your own. But some of you do day in and day out. Dealing with family situations that you have to care for loved ones and you think you have to have all the answers and we're, we feel for you. But then you find other people that will lift up your arms. You find other people who will listen to you. Other people who will pray with you. And all of a sudden, as we look and we see some of those holes we see that maybe one can get patched and we see well well it's it's stopping the leak and 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 you fix one hole but you don't stop there maybe you push in and you say listen now now we really have to communicate we've got around each other and we've got real with one another and this is really what i'm going through and then what we find out is maybe another hole begins to be patched And you begin to see that your capacity begins to grow and grow. And you get excited about what God is doing in your life. And God is using you. But then you get really serious and you say, okay, now let's go to that next step. Let's get together and really go seek God for each other. You pray for me and I'll pray for you and we'll hold each other accountable. And we see what God will not do. And before you know it, because you were able to do some of that, you're patched up. And you're in a better situation than you ever were. Because we weren't meant to leak out. We have been meant our whole life to be poured out. But when you spring a leak and you don't address it, you can never reach your full capacity and never be pulled out for that point in God, for that point where God's going to use you in your area, in your situation, to change people's lives for his kingdom. Nebuchadnezzar, Bowed down on him. He, he paid homage to Daniel after he saw what Daniel had done. But if we will not plug our holes, then all we'll do is leak. And we were never intended to leak. We were always intended that God's grace could be poured out of our lives. Jesus is at a famous feast in Matthew. And he goes, he goes listen, if anybody thirsts, come unto me. Because I want rivers of living water to flow out of you, not trickle out of you, but flow out of you. I want you to go and and make a difference in your culture, in your community, wherever you're at, but I want to be able to pour you out. So as I fill you and stretch you, you got to cover up those holes. you got to take care of them. But you don't have to do it alone. 
And I don't know where you're at this morning. It could be, it could be in that situation where I just feel like I'm alone, Matt. I feel like I'm trying to do it all by myself. We want you to know that we're here with you. The final scripture that I want to read is Daniel here. It shows how wonderful he is and his mindset for Christ, his mindset for God. Verse 48, chapter 2, then the, king Dan, then, then the king gave Daniel honors and great gifts and made him ruler over the whole providence of Babylon, chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. And we see that he has an opportunity to forget about everybody. He's got the stuff, he's got the position. But what Daniel remembers is he didn't do it by himself because it can't be done by yourself. I have to have help. It's not easy. But you go in there and you bury your heart and your soul because it's not about me. It's about where I can be, be at Christ. Where, where, where can I become and do what God has called me to do? That way I can be poured out. Verse 49, Daniel chapter 2. Daniel made a request of the king and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over all the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel remained in the king's court. What did he do? He brought him up with him because we were meant to do it together. Here in a minute, we're going to call an altar call. And I don't know what holes you have in your life, but we're not here to judge. We're here to do it together. To pray and ask God to move on your behalf. And just by answering the altar call, coming down forward, and, and just allowing God's spirit to be poured into your life is always the first step. God, the hole in my life, I, you know I need it filled. Help me. And we want to help you do that through prayer, through relationship. But it's ultimately up to the person who says, I want these holes plugged. I no longer just want to drip out. That's not what I want in my culture. But God, I want your Holy Spirit to fill me so I can be poured out and accomplish what you've called me to accomplish and do what you've called me to do. That I too could look back upon my generation and say, God, I accomplished something for your kingdom. But it was because your spirit, not by might nor by power, but by the spirit of God. You're not alone this morning. Would you bow with me? We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you were encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.